Welcome to the Race Car Showroom Podcast, where we appreciate race cars and their driving personalities and sponsors. I'm Jacob Harbor, and I hope you enjoy today's conversation. All right, hello everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number four of the Race Car Showroom. I'm very excited about today's guest. He spent 13 years in the ARCA series. He made some Craftsman Truck Series starts in the early 2000s. I'm very excited to have Morris Kaufman on for a conversation today. Morris, how are you, sir? Doing well. Thanks, Jacob, uh, and trust that you are as well, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. We certainly appreciate you being here and taking uh, time out of your busy schedule, which we'll get to here in just a second, to be on this podcast with us. Tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? Where did you grow up, and how did you get started in racing? Well, I, it all goes back, of course, as it does with most of us, to, to being, uh, I don't know, just, you know, a, a young kid and, and having um, the opportunity through family to, uh, I think my aunt and uncle started taking me to the Speedway for first day of qualifications, probably when I was about six or seven years old. And so, you know, <laughs> you're pretty impressionable, obviously, uh, when you're that young and you know, I, I can still remember hanging on the fence at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, just maybe sometimes for two or three hours, hoping to uh, to get an autograph or you know, see one of you know my heroes. And uh, so I, I just fell in love with it. I mean, just the everything from the you know the facility, of course, uh, is is almost second to none, and and just uh, you know the drivers and. Uh, all the things that you know go around and, and are about Andy and, and even smelling you know uh, alcohol methanol with a little bit of nitro in it back in those days I didn't know what it was but it, it had an allure to it and I was like you know I, I, this is what I want to do when I grow up and uh, you know and long story short as I like to say I was fortunate enough uh, you know to be able to live that dream and, and again didn't get to do it you know at indy of course but did it about everything else but an indy car and um just had a lot of fun with it and considering it was pretty much a shoestring budget through the years uh you know we did i think quite a bit with what we had and uh, i think that's all anybody can do absolutely and you say you go from being that six or seven year old climbing on the fence getting autographs and then uh like your quote says using a shoestring budget you start working your way up how did it feel when you make it up to those top tier series in NASCAR? How did that feel to make it? Oh, it, it is sometimes really, you know, when I think about it, 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 it's tough to come up with the words. Even now, it, you know, I remember my first NASCAR start. I, I tried to, to qualify for two or three at that time, Bush Grand National races uh, in the 80s. Um, particularly at Indianapolis Raceway Park when they would come up there and, you know, being an Indiana guy, that wasn't too far for me. But, you know, we were, you know, running an ARCA car against those guys and, and, and you know, it was tough enough because they're all just so good. But, you know, just being around them then and, and not making those races around Dale Earnhardt and Daryl Waltrip and, and heroes of mine and, and being there sharing a track with them was certainly very special. But to go a step further, my first NASCAR start would have been in the truck series at Mason Moran in Bakersfield, I think, yeah, 2001. And it, it just, um, you know, you, you, you run the gamut of emotions, you know, from the time I, I got there and 
uh, unloaded and, and we got ready and, and did practice and all that. It just, you know, again, you're, you're looking around and, and there's guys there that, you know, you got so much respect for and you realize all the effort that's gone into it for a lot of years and a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And, and, you know, you, you feel that, you know, every emotion, almost the happiness, uh, the joy in that, but then you quickly are back to reality that you're there to, you, you got to make the race and, and, uh, do the best you can, uh, budget or no budget. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just a feeling that it really, truly is hard to describe. I'm glad you mentioned the not only the budget, but the skill and the hard work and the blood, sweat, and tears. You know, you had all of that going for you, and you clawed your way to the top. And I think after today's news, uh, today that we're recording this, they just announced uh, Josh Berry going over to the Cup Series with Stuart Haas Racing. He kind of applies to this question as an outlier do you think uh, in the state of our sport today, can pure skill and talent still claw their way to the top, or, or, or are those days gone? What's your opinion on that? Well, uh, you know, that, that's a great question, Jacob. I, I started to, to say that I'm afraid those days are gone. I, we're just obviously in an era now, and I'm not saying that it's wrong uh, with, as you know, pretty much with in the days of funded drivers, but uh, Josh is certainly, you know, deserving and, and talented. And I, I think there's still a ray of hope, uh, but I think I would go out there on a limb and, and or an island and say that, do I think we'll ever see another Dale Earnhardt again? I, not just from a talent perspective, obviously he was pretty much in the league of his own, but, you know, to start out as Dale did, uh, for example, I mean, I, I did and so many others, but, and of course, Dale made it, made it much bigger than I could ever, you know, hope to or think about, but yeah, back to your question. And it's a good one that I, I think it's a, a ray of hope, but it, it, it's small, but it, I think at the same time, it's sad that uh, maybe the guy that's running, you know, at Hickory or, uh, you know, a particular uh, NASCAR event on a Saturday night somewhere that maybe no matter, you know, what he's able to accomplish, uh, he may not be able to, to eventually make the top three in NASCAR. And I, I just think that's sad. I totally agree with you. And, and I'm glad for that news today about Josh Berry. Like you said, I think that was an array of hope for short trackers everywhere. Um, so I was happy to hear that, but I do agree with you. I think it's getting harder and harder for somebody to just make it on talent unless they're just a total standout. I know Joey Logano was was talking about this the other day as well. Even he, you know, a, a cup champion, if he wants to go run a truck race, he has to bring a check now. So it's just a different world um, in that aspect. And that brings me to our next question. Um, mm-hmm. Back when you were driving and, and on that shoestring budget we keep mentioning, uh, you know, securing funding was part of it reaching out to sponsors and forming those relationships. Do you think compared to back in the day, do you think it's easier maybe to get funding now with all the social media outlets and everything we can partner with? Or do you think it was easier maybe back in your driving era? No, honestly, I think it, it, it's a lot easier now uh, than it was then, Jacob. I, I feel that uh, like you just touched on with social media, um, and, and other means to, to get the name out there that are just, you know, available and, and drivers, you know, do a much better job of, of marketing 
themselves and, and their sponsors and things like that. You know, we were, you know, probably <laughs> a little bit behind uh, there in that deal. And, and, you know, some of these guys, as you know, they, you go, you know, and, and, and learn and have a coach and, and, you know, how to, to be sure you plug all the sponsors and get all that stuff in there. And that's great. You know, it's, it's been really good for the sport, but yeah, I, again, I think it is easier now. And, and I think that so many companies, um, big and small, uh, want to be, uh, a part of the sport NASCAR that is particularly in the, in the top three divisions. And, uh, even an open wheel, I, I think it's easier back again when I was, you know, just starting out open wheel in particular was, uh, was a tougher gig, you know, to, to get the sponsors on board, but, uh, doable certainly, but you needed to be winning and winning quite a bit, but, um, yeah, it, um, I think it is easier today. Yes. I agree with you there as well. So I know you've already mentioned one name here, and I'm, I'm anxious to hear who else you say, but uh, who are some heroes that stand out to you that you've been on track with and been able to race with in your career? Well, obviously, like I said, Dale Earnhardt uh, would have been at the top of the list. I was fortunate enough to get to race against him uh, only a time to, but and, and then, you know, in practice, maybe for a bush race or something, two or three times. But, uh, you know, we ran an ARCA race out in uh, Topeka, Kansas in 91, I believe it was. And, and and Dale was there, of course. It was a new facility, and they were promoting the racetrack out there, gorgeous ro- uh, road course. And um, Dale, Kenny Schrichter, Rick Hendrick even was in that race, and uh, uh, Daryl Waltrip and... and those were all, you know, guys that, you know, I grew up admiring and, and, and thinking that um, they were, you know, pretty much at the top of uh, NASCAR's list of, you know, who's who. And uh, so it, 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 we were in a pra- final practice and uh, I went through the S's on the backside of the, the road course there and uh, thought I was really kind of by myself back there and went through there and thought, well, that was pretty good. You know, I think we're okay. I think we ended up being, you know, maybe... 16th 18th quick or something out of maybe 36 cars or whatever and and anyway i glanced up in the mirror after we got through the s's and i I thought that you know gm goodrich was in the back seat i mean he he couldn't have been any closer uh without touching the back of the car and uh he had a grin you know uh from ear to ear and i just you know reached out and pointed inside and and kind of lift and let him just blast on by. But, it, it, you know, uh, it was an intimidating, not really. I, actually, I thought it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, again, just racing against somebody, you know, of that magnitude uh, was pretty special. And, again, I put Daryl Waltrip, who was there that day, also in that category. Kenny Schrader, those guys. I ran open wheel with Kenny some. And, again, just great respect and, and understanding just how hard almost every single one of them worked to be there and get where they were. And, and, and again, racing against those guys that I just mentioned um, is are memories that I'll always treasure. That is an amazing story and an amazing list of drivers right there that you got to share the track, track with. So thank you for sharing that for sure. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking in 2001, you made a truck series start at South Boston and there was a guy in the field named Kyle Bush. Am I correct? You absolutely are. And, uh, uh, I hadn't got to him yet. That that's, uh, another story that, uh, you know, I'll go back a little bit if I may. And, and 
the racing series that I started in Indiana in the 90s, Cars, which is in no way affiliated with the Cars Tour uh, today, not to be confused with that, but we were the original Cars series uh, that I started in 99. And and actually, um, Kyle came to Indianapolis Raceway Park and drove our house car uh, in a Cars event at IRP. Um, it was a Jasper Engine 77. If he thinks about it enough, he, he'll remember it. Um, but anyway, he, um, I think at that time, that was in 2002, he was, it was after South Boston. He was probably 17 or so, I'm guessing. And, and he, he, he out-qualified everybody in a stock car that night by almost a half a second. He, he, but anyway, back to your question in South Boston, you know, I see this kid, I, I think it was a, a Roush Ford or had an affiliation with Roush, maybe uh, number 99, I think. And I'm thinking, man, he, that kid's young, you know. And um, But then, you know, we practice and, uh, you know, he's blasting around there like he's been doing it for a long time. And I just remember thinking uh, after the race and things had settled down that, wow, that I see limos in that kid's future. That's another amazing story right there. I'm enjoying this uh, for sure. And, yeah, Kyle did have an amazing future, and it's so cool that uh, you got to interact with him uh, when he was so young, for sure. So we've talked about the drivers. Uh, how about tracks? Did you have any uh, specific tracks maybe circled uh, that you knew you were going to run good? Maybe you just liked the atmosphere, liked the area? What tracks stand out to you? Um, probably, you know, for what – I thought we could do well at, you know, I, I always enjoyed going to Pocono. We usually ran two ARCA races a year at Pocono. Uh, we would run one in June and one in July, like Cup did, and we would run the day before they did. And uh, it, it was just uh, so unique and such a different layout there, as everyone knows, and uh, the three corners and three different corners, and always enjoyed going there. And then, uh, um, obviously, uh, Talladega was, <laughs> you know, something special we i didn't get to run it a lot but did did a couple times and uh of course went to daytona and um as a rookie and just missed the the race there by like i don't know a couple of spots but but yeah you know some of the short tracks that you know we we did pretty well on in the midwest uh, in the arca stuff but um even the the dirt tracks i i always enjoyed running uh, DeCoin and Springfield and Indianapolis Fairgrounds, of course, being from the Indianapolis area on the one-mile dirt tracks, those were a lot of fun. Enjoyed those. So th those would be some that certainly come to mind. All right. So um, all the different cars you've driven, all the different series, the different types of race cars you've been in, there has to be a paint scheme that stands out to you as your favorite. Which one comes to mind? Oh, I'd say probably... Uh, without any hesitation that AJ Foyt was always my, you know, my first racing hero, you know, from back to back again to that six or seven year old kid, he, you know, he, he was just so good. And, you know, I, I, my ARCA cart, uh, I had actually requested number 17 when I was a rookie in ARCA and someone else had it and they said, well, 14 is available. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's my racing heroes number. And so anyway, you know, we, we did a scheme, you know, that looked kind of like AJ's car at that time. So it, it would be that one. But again, uh, I, you know, I don't need to, to beat, you know, his drum, 
uh, of course. But, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people that are younger that didn't get to see A.J. run when he was in his heyday, and his heyday was a long one. I mean, he, he probably in my mind, owned IndyCar for about 20 years, and that's no small feat. But anyway, it, it, to answer your question, it, it would probably be without a doubt that one. Very cool. And I think actually today on Twitter, you shared a piece of A.J. Foyt memorabilia from your collection. Do you have a pretty extensive collection, or is that a one-off piece? Nah, no, I mean, I, I got, you know, it's not a super expensive but I, I got some some things that i'm certainly proud of that you know and that's that's one of them i, I actually have two of those uh as a matter of fact but uh yeah it um you know it, it's mostly made up of uh you know some of my stuff of course and uh uh but that you know my uniform next to aj's is, is kind of minuscule jacob but <laughs> but anyway some of my stuff of course through the years that i have in it and and you know other heroes stuff uh, I, i've got some mario andretti stuff and um you know a lot of uh collectible you know car magazines of course and, and racing programs and, and different things from the time i was a kid uh all the way to whenever I still pick up something maybe, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a nice little collection, but you know, nothing, you know, that really is off the charts, uh, but, uh, something that, you know, I treasure, of course. Very cool. So back to the Twitter thing, I think it was a couple of months ago, you retweeted a post where Andrew Gordon's Bristol dirt truck was for sale and you kind of had the emoji going, Hmm. Was that a hint here? Are you interested in maybe becoming an owner again, or was uh, that in humor? Well, it, it really wasn't. It, it was. Uh, I'd still like to do it. Um, it's just uh, we're in again the days of, of funded drivers, and I'd much prefer to just drive somebody's truck or either do an, an ARCA race or um, you know an NASCAR Craftsman truck race, maybe. Uh, an Xfinity race, but, uh, you know, a truck race, there's not going to be much difference money-wise in either one of those. But uh, even the ARCA series, reaching out to a couple of teams in the last few months, it, it was sticker shock, Jacob, at uh, what they want. Now, again, it'd be a first-class effort. It'd be a car that, you know, uh, if I could do the job that, you know, you're going to run you know, up front end and, and maybe have a shot at a win if, if, if I'm not too rusty. But again, it, it's a lot of money, you know, for a one-off deal and you leave there and, and you don't have anything but your helmet bag. So I'm just trying to decide, you know, is it is it better to maybe find that truck that, you know, maybe we can be fairly competitive with and, and at least, you know, you have a tangible item there and, and, you know, after you run it a few times and have some fun with it or something, if, if you don't tear it up and destroy it, at least you can take it home and, 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 you know, look at it now and then and say, well, you know, that was kind of fun. So, yeah, it, that's definitely on the table, but it, it'll come down to money. Um, again, looking at what it costs to run top-notch equipment, I don't really want to do it. I did enough of that in my stuff, you know, that, I mean, I was proud of what we had and what I did, but, you know, I didn't have the kind of stuff that I wanted. You know, like when I ran the truck deal in 2001, Jacob, we, I had just picked up, I think it was three engines from, from Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, and Dale was down in Daytona uh, in 2001, and I picked them up just 
I think it was three weeks before the Daytona 500. And he had sold those engines um, out of the Bush cars because they changed the rule uh, NASCAR did and went to more compression. They were nine to one Ron Hutter motors and really good motors and, and, you know, made good power for a nine to one motor. But anyway, as soon as I bought those engines and start up, you know, trying to make Craftsman truck races like against Kyle Busch and whoever we're running against in 2001, I've got a nine to one motor and they've got, you know, like, I think it was 11 half or 12 to one, whatever they raised it to. So we're down a hundred horsepower and, you know, uh, I don't, I'm the crew chief really. I mean, I, you know, I spent a lot of money, but anyway, my point is I, I've had enough, you know, of that through the years of trying to get a lot out of a little. And I, if I do it, I, I want to do it, you know, with a, a car or truck that at least in my mind that we've got a pretty good chance or uh, we probably just won't do it. I totally understand. And I'll be the first to say it would be amazing to see you get behind the wheel of a competitive car, whether it be in the ARCA series or a truck um, this day and time. So I'm fully behind you there. I'm wishing you all the luck and I'll be here to support you in that endeavor. So I'm definitely going to stay tuned there. Well, I appreciate it very much, Jacob. But again, I, I hope something can be put together. And, you know, if somebody, you know, even comes up and says, you know, we can do a deal or whatever, because uh, there are a few, you know, good ones out there that uh, may not want a small fortune, uh, you know, to do a one-off deal or something. And, yeah, you know, I would definitely uh, welcome it, and I hope it happens. Absolutely. Me too, for sure. So what are you up to these days? I know you're doing a lot of traveling. So what's going on in the life of Morris Kaufman these days, your current endeavors? Well, I have a, a small business that, that I, I run. And uh, you know, I guess old habits die hard, Jacob. You know, I, I don't do well at, at delegating, whether it was <laughs> maybe, maybe we would have ran a lot better. No money you kind of dictated that. But if I would delegate it more back then. But anyway, I, I'm a pretty hands-on guy and, and just working with our customers and stuff and, and trying to, to build it, make it a little bit bigger. Um, you know, I've been, I've been pretty busy with it, but again, I, I you know, I don't necessarily, you know, want to push it too hard. And, um, I'm at a point where I like to take time to, and uh, like I, I spent the last couple of weeks in May going to a lot of open wheel races, uh, in the Midwest, because that's certainly uh, something I've always enjoyed is, is midgets and sprint cars and, you know, I did the, the TQ midget thing and the midgets and, and uh, sprint cars, and I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I love going to those races and, and watching these, these young guys, you know, <laughs> get around there and, and race one another. There, there's a lot of talent right there. And, you know, two or three of those guys, it'd be great to see them get a chance at, uh, at you know, as Jeff Gordon and, and, and Tony Stewart and, and so many others had the opportunity, deservedly so, to do. I hope those guys get to. So anyway, I, you know, I try to balance that to where I don't get too carried away with the business. Uh, it, it's more about uh, we can all use money, but it's more about staying active and staying busy uh, than it is really trying to make much money. And uh, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's going along pretty well, and. Uh, Again, just trying to do a, a balance of that. Very cool. Very cool. So I can't let you go without asking you a question about this topic, and you may not have seen this coming, but when we first uh, 
contacted each other initially. It's probably been close to a year ago now. Um, I learned that you're uh, learning the guitar and you're a pretty avid music fan. And me being a musician and a former guy who traveled playing music, I got to ask, how's that going and uh, what, what are you learning right now? Well, again, with, with trying to get, you know, the business up and running, it, it's had to kind of get put on the back burner a little bit. But but I, I still pick it up and, and try to learn something when I can. And, um, you know, it's it's mostly still chord progression, um, as I'm sure <laughs> that you know, it, it uh, and trying to, to get better. I, I think, or I know, I, I hear and see players that, that have played for a lot of years that, you know, you just have to be consistent with it and really work at it to, to be pretty good. So I, I'm nowhere near Jacob where I need to be, but there's something about picking that thing up and, and, and just strumming or going through two or three chords and, and trying to play a little piece of this song or that song and, and no different than racing, you know, guys in, in music that, uh, you know, my taste, you know, is, is along those lines or trying to, do a piece of that song or whatever. I, I really get a lot out of that. I hope someday that I can spend more time with it, get better at it. And, uh, you know, maybe even, you know, put something together and, and just, I don't know, scare everybody to death after I do. I don't know. That would be awesome. And I want you to put me on your list. If you ever decide to put something together, I want to be involved with that. So go ahead and put me down on the notepad for that, for sure. I, I will, but, you know, yeah, I got a long way, Jacob, to go to catch up to you. I, I remember, I think, I'm sure I'm right on this, that you sent me, a, uh, I think, a little uh, snippet of, of something you had done um, with, the, you know, the guitar, and, you know, pretty good. I was impressed, and uh, so, you know, hopefully you're still having fun with it and, and have the opportunity and the time to to do some things with it too one of those things we have to make time for um for sure but morris i don't want to hold you up any longer i certainly appreciate you hopping on here and talking to me today i'm glad it worked out for us to do this um i can't wait to meet up with you in person here soon hopefully at a racetrack and uh and hopefully play a tune together one day too but thank you so much for doing this well hey you're very welcome and thank you again for having me jacob and i really enjoyed it and all the best to you and and um you know, with uh, your podcast and all your endeavors, whether it's racing or music, and it's neat to share those passions. And um, again, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you guys for listening to episode four of the Race Car Showroom Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Race Car Showroom Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you'll join us again soon.